Genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, one final line in Elvish at a time. Is that accurate? I think it is the last Elvish line. Whoa, I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. Joining us for the final time uh, this week, we have Joey Rose Risen and Caitlin Lucan from Shadow Facts Podcast. And Albert the Dog. Perhaps <laughs> yep. just a little. The most important sure guest of all. <laughs> thank you guys for uh sticking with us all week this has been fun yeah it's but, been great yay um today we're talking about minute 235 which starts with um the shot of the harbor and the ship and the four elves just kind of chilling by the boat um and and ends with this uh creepy galadriel smile which we talked a little bit about off mic um it's very we'll, mischievous we'll, yeah we'll get to it some of, yeah. us, some of us like it and some of us are wrong <laughs> <laughs> a bold statement yeah no I, I i mean i don't i don't hate it it's just like kind of off-putting i think also because it just because it's cut yes yeah. yeah because i think it worked just watching this moment in the movie yeah yeah sure but just just cutting things like this always makes them feel uh very out of place. I feel it's like it, kind it, of ominous. <laughs> yeah, it gives it the like uh, perfectly cut, sc- the same energy as like perfectly cut screams or like images that precede yeah. disaster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is the whole Facebook group of that just images mm-hmm. that precede unfortunate events? Yeah. Yeah. For your memes. Although I think you could, you could any any picture of almost any character from Lord of the Rings, just like them, like I'm thinking of the pictures of them, like T posing in their costumes that have been going around recently. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. You could have any of those images that perceive disaster and you would not be incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gosh. so, um, we have, you know, Bilbo, what do we think of like Bilbo's like weird little bow and the way he interacts with Elrond? Like they haven't been chilling in Rivendell for the right. past four years. I know, right? <laughs> this implies that they've they haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah, like, yeah. The way that this is kind of put together seems like they haven't seen each I other mean, in a while. Elrond has been away on his road trip. Yeah. That's true. He has gone to see the grandbaby. <laughs> yeah. I very much see Bilbo as a person who would be kind of like overly formal as a way to be like gently mocking with people he cares about. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see that. I can see that. The only person he's not that way with is Gandalf, I think. Yeah. And, and like Frodo. Yeah. Well, Frodo's family. Yeah. I think yeah, that Bilbo Frodo, sees Gandalf Frodo kind of like family. Here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. But yeah, I do. Okay. So, uh, Full uh, full disclosure about myself, anything that has to do with, like, the idea of the ocean in some way being connected to home always gets me. Mm-hmm. It always yeah. works on me. Uh, you know, being from, being from Maine up here, where there's nothing but rocks and somewhere distant from me, the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, so just the the idea of just like sailing away across the ocean to some faraway place of, of comfort just is an idea that always sticks to me whenever I like from the first time I read these stories to whenever it comes up in any other kind of tale or fiction. There's just something about it that just always really just clings to me as a person. I think it's a really interesting um, like afterlife mythology mm. um, because like. I don't know, like, we've talked a lot about, like, Middle Earth being flat or whatever, but, yeah. like, sailing off the end of the map, like, literally, you know, yes. into the afterlife is yeah. really cool. I think mm-hmm. and there's, there's something kind of Viking funeral about all of it. Yes, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I like that clear delineation, too, between, like, this is, like, Middle, Middle Earth is a, fant- a somewhat more fantastical place than, like, our Earth, um, mm-hmm. but it is, you know, is still more like us than not. And so I like that delineation of like sailing off the inst of the earth. And like, that is when you are in, you enter like the place of myth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's also like middle earth becomes earth right. eventually. Mm-hmm. So it's just, earth. yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, it's a thing. Um, but I, it warms my heart to see Bilbo be like, I think I'm ready for one more adventure. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a very nice moment. Elrond looks great here. Also, mm. he looks. You go weaving all like, this. Like, dude great. has finally relaxed. Like, this is the most serene and elf-like we have seen Elrond. Like, he is. We were talking about this off mic. Uh, Joey, do you want to like explain your like initial reaction just, to Elrond? I so when I watched these films when I was younger, I really didn't like. Elrond and that opinion has changed but I think that the lingering thing is that in his sort of like grimmer or harsher moments I have a hard time reconciling that with the movie's take on elves in general um and what they're like Albert agrees with me um (laughs) and and I think we see him yeah really like like (laughs) Uh, Galadriel is, you know, has this, like, sort of simultaneously, like, joyful and solemn thing, and, like, she's, you know, her eyes just have so much in them, and I feel like we really get that from Elrond here, and sometimes earlier, he's more like that, and sometimes he's less like that, and is, like, more, I don't know, harsh, and... He's kind of a douchebag, right? Like... Right, yeah. Yeah, the elves, yeah. the elves of the movie are, like, I feel like their most defining characteristic is, like, a serenity that Elrond, earlier, he has gravity, but he doesn't have that same, like, the problems of the, I, like, the problems of the world do not affect me, because yeah. he is a person who is very much affected by the problems of the world, and so, like, here, it feels like he has finally kind of uh, achieved that serenity. Do you, do you think that <laughs> it is that like tiny sliver of of human in Elrond that's like causing this rift in like maybe I it think it might be we talked about this earlier um elf. Caitlin and I did because I was trying mm-hmm. to process this yeah. <laughs> like Elrond as an elf uh, of all the elven leaders is the the closest to humanity and not just like bloodline wise, but also he interacts with them more than the other and ones. He's not as old as, as and he's not as old as them. He's much younger than than Kirtan and, and Galadriel and, and Yeah, Kalborn. he's only yeah. like three thousand years old, right? 
no, uh, ten thousand. Uh, six and a half, seven. It's like six and a half or seven, seven thousand years old. Yeah. yeah. He was born sometime either just at the end of the first age or just at the beginning of the second age. Yeah, because our I'm sorry, is truly like... embarrassing, embarrassing to mix up my Middle Earth timelines. <laughs> oh no, it's fine. Uh, whereas, like Galadriel was born in one of the ages, I think of the one of the ages of the trees, or maybe one of the ages of the lamps. I can't remember which. Uh, mm. But she's she's very old. She's old. Uh, interesting thing about this scene: uh, Elrond is wearing a crown. Galadriel is wearing a crown. Cirdan has a circlet on, but not not uh not Celeborn here. Celeborn is you a know. trophy husband. <laughs> he sure is. He's too much of a jock to wear a crown. He he does he does have some like indescribable jock energy. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's that everyone else is talking and he seems vaguely bored. Like he'd rather be playing like frisbee golf with the other elves. He does have a lot of um. That's body like Haldir. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Haldir is also definitely a jock. Yeah. Yeah. Caliborn does have like a really cool like kind of metal collar over his robes here, and mm-hmm. also yeah. like a metal filigree belt. Um, mm. but. He's got some other ice. He doesn't need to. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, he's I a wife. Have... He's a wife guy, and Celeborn is his. Or not Celeborn. He's a wife guy, and Galadriel is his queen. You know. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I oh, I was gonna say this about Elrond. He's really like the Spock of like elves. Like I don't yeah. know yeah. if yeah, you know. Half. Right. Yeah, I sure. mean, yes. And, and like, I think Spock in TNG gets, you know, shit from other Vulcans for like being so involved with humans sometimes mm-hmm. um, and stuff. And, and yeah, and kind of has this, like is walking this line. Um, and yeah, Elrond is just the, the elf version of Spock. Yeah. <laughs> I, Hugo Weaving probably would have been a good Spock to, to put in a, in Whoa. some other kind of movie somewhere. Uh, yeah. you, yeah, you he, he's a very talented guy. He's just an elf is tired. That's just that's just Elrond that's the whole first energy. part of his story. Yeah, not the whole way through. Yeah, he, not anymore. His burden is lifted. That's true. <laughs> he can retire. Now. Yep. Arwen is happy. She's got a family. Yeah. I don't have to worry he's about her. His baby. He said goodbye for forever. <laughs> yep. He said goodbye forever for real. And he's just like, all right. Well, he gets to see his wife again. He does. He gets to go see his wife. Like that's that's Speaking exciting. Wives, yes. Uh huh. <laughs> um, Just long pause. Uh. Sorry, I was waiting. I was waiting for someone else to speak. Um. Speaking of wives, Kate Blanchett. Oh my gosh. She's yeah. so great yeah. here. She's like she really she... carries. But like, we were talking about her like quote-unquote like creepy smile at the end and it just totally works for me because it, she's got this wonderful like off the charts like fey energy mm-hmm. oh yeah she's she's this mischievous oracle character yeah and i mean all the every time she's on camera like she is so present like she's giving us so much in her eyes and she's just so good i mean hugo weaving is doing the same thing like even when like their mouths are staying fairly like serene their eyes are giving us so much and Celeborn is doing that. <laughs> nothing know, he's just I not know, giving I, me anything i feel so bad for this actor who has to be sandwiched between like 
Right, like you didn't even put him on the side; you put him in the middle. Yeah. Right. Why isn't he on the right? Like, come on. Because nobody would look at him. I feel like he should be back chilling with with Kirdan. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like the grown ups are talking in the foreground. Y'all can go chill back there at the kids' table. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is this is actually the second time in the trilogy we see Kirdan. Is it? Because he's in the prologue. With the three rings for the Elven Kings. Oh, yeah, that's his hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, no, you, we, he's actually, we see his face there. He's just blurry in the background behind oh. people. Actually. But it is him. Mm. Wow. It's actually our second time seeing along. him. He was. Perhaps uh, perhaps the real thing that we found along the, re- the way. The real... The, <laughs> the real fellowship was... <laughs> I feel like this metaphor fell apart at the very it, beginning. It fell apart immediately, yes. <laughs> I'm. I don't know. The real Cardan was all the friendship we found along. That's right. <laughs> right. The real treasure. Uh, my brain couldn't remember the word treasure in that moment. It just was gone. Just had escaped my brain. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I. I mean, I ha- just always hear you know variations of that phrase, and I had in fact forgotten that treasure was like the word there. It's just always the real whatever is. Uh huh. Anything but treasure now. Yeah, like the real horse was the friends we made along the way. You know, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Have the... we said those I feel like on our podcast I before? don't think so, but I feel like the more accurate thing is the real friends is the horses we met we along, made along the way. The way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The... <laughs> yeah, so I actually really like how warm Hugo Weaving's kind of body language is when he opens his arms for Bilbo here. Yeah, they're bros. Yeah, yeah. Great. It's so good. And just Ian Holm, his energy just totally changing when yeah. he says that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very good. The his his double walking along walking out across the pier and Elrond follows him onto the boat. I almost I always imagine that Elrond and Bilbo hug right there. Aww. I feel like they should. Yeah. I feel like they should have too. <laughs> In my brain, it's just perfect. You absolutely at like uh 40 well for me like 46 seconds to 47 seconds is where it like cuts from the far away shot to the close-up and there is absolutely a height difference between Kate Blanchett's double and her actual self um, mm-hmm. oh yeah oh, there's yeah. stupid like and then her cloak is suddenly closed in a way that it isn't really well, her before. hair like, is like just... her hair is hanging out the front of the hood yeah. 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 Well, I think it is in both, but it's different. Anyways, it's just it's much more obvious when you have that. Uh, can I can I Yeah, ask if you're a watching question? the double, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we feel about Elrond's little hair knots? Are we pro or con? Oh, I love them. I uh, you like didn't them. You liked them at first, didn't you? No, I I don't think I ever complained. Does Did he? I? But does I, he we'll have to check the tape. Does he have them okay. here? I feel like they're beads. Yeah, he, he does. doesn't have the full yeah. like two loop knots like he does in the coronation he scene. Does. Yeah, he no, the, he, he has a little forelock. But he has little no. knots in. Forelock his is not on human side. Caitlin. That's no. for horses. <laughs> oh, further up, it's like tied almost uh, like in a chain. Uh, uh, uh. Yes, I think. For yeah, exactly. There, it's, it's like there are little like ornaments, yeah, attached further down, but uh, like at like jawline level. Yeah. He has, yeah, little knots yeah. tied. Yeah, it's tied to look like a little chain. That's kind of like cool. I like his little hair loopies. Mm-hmm. 
Elrond always has little hair loopies of some kind. I think his eyebrows look great here. Elrond is the Katara of Mm. hair loopies. Yeah, actually, yeah. Full of rage. Exasperated practice. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow commands water. Like, if everyone would just listen to me, things would be fine. Yeah. Elrond kind of has, like, mom friend energy. Oh, yeah. He's a disappointed mom. Like, that's that's his whole vibe. Well, I have to go write the uh, Avatar crossover fic. Uh, Right. The the Lord of the Rings Avatar AU. Right. I mean, hey. Just, yeah. I mean, the three elven rings are rings that allow mastery over fire, water, and air. That's true. Just saying. There's oh. no earth. No earth. That's, That's what where hobbits come in. Is for. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. What kind of bender, what kind of bender would all the hobbits be? Or what kind of benders would the fellowship be? Oh my if God. If we don't have time for this. Well, this Sam is obviously <laughs> earth. Bender. Yeah. Naturally. Yes, 100%. Mary and Pippin are both firebenders. Oh, oh God. Yeah, and that's, honestly, it's bad. It's very I bad. I think Frodo is water because he's so yeah. angsty. Yeah. Frodo is the only hobbit in the Shire with anxiety, is the thing we like to say. Right? Yes. Well, we, we talked about that with Molly. Molly. Yeah. yeah. Molly said that, and yeah. now we also say it. <laughs> It's true. Correct. She's not wrong, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel like Frodo also has, like, airbender qualities because he is so attached, like, detached. Mm. Well, you haven't seen Korra yet, but yes, detachment is a path to greater power as an airbender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I, air was, like, my second choice for Frodo, but I feel like water is the bigger thing for him. I feel like, honestly, Gandalf has air energy to me. Yeah. Mm um yeah and uh, aragorn is a waterbender he's a healer mm, yeah Aww. absolutely oh, yeah and he loves to just like i mean he's so he's so watery he's... <laughs> gimli earthbender of course of course 100 percent. yeah yeah Legolas, boromir fire Le- yeah legolas is hard yeah. i actually want to say legolas is a firebender is legolas the Sokka? Can... legolas is the Sokka. <laughs> Mm. He points out the obvious. <laughs> he's good at yeah. He sees not things, a bender, but good with but a other... bow. I can see that. The thing that the thing that appeal that makes sense to me about fire bending is the like precision. Yeah, mm. that's true of air too. Yeah, and I do think I don't know that I don't know. I feel like Legolas has a certain. Um, uh, I don't know. There's there's an inner fire there. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just thinking about like... Right, thinking about where you're going to put them. <laughs> yeah. Boromir is a, is a very conflicted firebender. Must, oh, much like oh, Zuko. Yeah, he has oh, definite Zuko energy. Yeah. You know, the daddy issues? Like That's rough, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. And Faramir, Faramir uh, is the non-bending child in his family. Oh. Oh. Poor Faramir. He has his... He has his uses in their view. <laughs> I'm so tenderhearted Ooh. about Faramir. Oh yeah, yeah no, same. Faramir feelings. Big same. Oh yes, for sure. <laughs> the poor abused boy. How can you not? Like, oh, yeah, Faramir's so good. His mom died when he was young. His daddy doesn't love him. <laughs> his brother went away to do something for his father and died. So did you? 
I'll got want to. Death to. By a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Faramir can never look at a horse the same again. Why did he marry? Why did he marry the queen oh, of no, Rohan? <laughs> that's why he doesn't go back to Rohan. Oh. He's just like, no, I love you. I want to marry you, but I can't. I can't be king of Rohan. I cannot. There's this whole thing I have to my, explain. <laughs> my dad was killed by a horse. <laughs> It's a whole. Th- he, I mean, he was he was a real jerk, but like, I can't, I can't. I was right was there. Dad. I can't deal with it. <laughs> I saw it happen. Oh my god! While I was coming out of like a near coma <laughs> after being attacked by orcs. Um, I was also <laughs> mysteriously covered in oil, but I didn't ask any questions about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one has told me why. <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't have anything to do with the pyre that my father was kicked by the horse on too. <laughs> Or why he went up into flames so quickly. Oh, my lord. Um, so before we end this week, did, did y'all want to go... There was a hobbit there. Norman, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um, did, you, did you all want to um, go into your, your kind of background with these books uh, or this story before uh, well, we Albert have to does. say goodbye? Yes, I, I will listen to Albert. Yes. He's a very astute Tolkien scholar. <laughs> yeah. He sees something outside in the darkness. What do your elf eyes see? Come here or be quiet. You have two options. Well, come here and be quiet or stay out there and be quiet. Those are your two <laughs> options. It's really a much more nuanced situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, we're talking about our background with Lord of the Rings more in depth yes. if we so choose. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, like my dad was reading me the books, but I also like around that time went through, you know, a pretty intense Lord of the Rings phase. Like I made myself a cloak that I would wear to and from fencing class. Um, and I learned to write in Anglo-Saxon runes and would write in, the, I still can, in fact, write in them. That's um, amazing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I don't know. I mean, my best friend at the time um was also very into the books and movies, and so like mm-hmm. that was a lot of you know our my like you know thirteen to fifteen year old self. Mm-hmm. It was a good time. It was a good time. What um, about you, Caitlin? Yeah. <laughs> uh very similar um i the hobbit was the first novel i ever read mm-hmm. uh, when i was like a child and um just kind of the lifelong love from there i also like joey uh lord of the rings led me to you know fantasy at large and i was in love with a lot of the trappings from that like i was very much a ren fair kid i did mm-hmm. like i fenced competitively in college um mm-hmm. i rode horses through college and uh, or through high school and had several horsemanship jobs and yeah I also had a horse around that that yeah I did I never I never had a horse I just worked with other people's horses Mm -hmm. um and now here we are spending so much time um trying to do doing what I lovingly refer to as the most serious academic undertaking of my life cataloging yes. every horse in Lord of the Rings. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And it really, I mean, it's it's been so lovely to revisit it in a new way because 
Like I had read the books um, when I was in high school, but not since then. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think. And while I've seen the movies a few times, I don't, I mean, when I was a teenager, like I was very much a book purist and I was like, uh, very rigid about certain things. And so like, there were things I loved about the movies and also things I like complained endlessly about. And a, I'm like loving revisiting the books because there's so much there that is absolutely fantastic. And also it's been great to come back to the films and like come back to them in with a little bit more of an open mind. I obviously Mm -hmm. still have complaints, but there are things now that I'm like, Oh, like I only hated that because like I was a repressed teenager, not because it's actually bad. Right. Right. Yeah. I think think we talk a lot um, about like in our podcast is uh, both of us are queer and like, in the parts of my life that I most associate with loving Lord of the Rings, like I would, I did not know that or understand that about myself. Mm-hmm. And it's so wonderful to like reread these texts and see like elements of that m- mirrored in the text. And like Joey said, like the things I loved about the books when I was a younger person were kind of like the adventure and like the, you know, epic storiness of it. And I still love that. But it's also, they're such, they're much more compassionate books, like, really, truly interested in, like, the lives and emotions uh, of their characters. Mm-hmm. And it's, they're wonderful to reread and, like, get to know in this more um, serious and lasting way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely feel that that compassion is what, has allowed this story to endure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that. Not the not the kind of breaking of ground in the fantasy genre in general that these books are also rightfully credited with in a lot of ways, but it's just mm-hmm. the the treatment of the characters in and of itself is what's enduring about them because there's a there's a lot of fantasy that's very similar to Lord of the Rings, but it just it's just missing something. Yeah, it doesn't have like the mm-hmm. heart. Yeah. Or the optimism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially a lot of like gritty 80s fantasy. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. Just throw away single single paperback fantasy uh novels from the 80s that I read a ton of in high school. Yeah, of course, because you're coming off your Lord of the Rings high. And could I tell you the title (laughs) of anything I read in high school in that genre? (laughs) Absolutely not. Well, I think even a lot of like popular big budget fantasy which has really uh become much more like popular in the mainstream today you know i i'm not like discrediting an entire genre there's of course like fantastic stories there and and talented people telling interesting stories but i Mm -hmm. feel like a lot of it as you're saying kind of misses something and it misses this this through line of like of 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 people and compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even, even gritty fantasy, like kind of like grimdark quote unquote stuff. If it has some kind of real personal through line, it works. It's when it kind of loses itself in its cynical world, as opposed to telling me something about this person in a way that I can empathize with that it loses me. Yeah. Yeah. And also yeah. that it's about the spectacle. It's about, the battle itself and not the questions that the battle 
raises? Like, how do you, yeah. how do you treat people after conflict? What are the limits of conflict? Um, like, how do you compromise in conflict without compromising your core values? Or when is it worth it? Like, it asks yeah. these questions that right. that sometimes go unasked. And, and I think it's really important to point out, um, while we, like, lavish this praise on the books, which I do believe in, also in some ways very fundamentally fails to, like, recognize the personhood of some of its own characters. Yes. And, like, create some really lasting, um, like genre harm through uh like racist stereotypes and the and the like proliferation of like fantasy races mm-hmm. yeah yep mm-hmm. can't we unfortunately you know can't say the good without talking about that but also yeah. you know that's one of the the pleasures of revisiting it is being able to grapple with those questions uh like as an adult with like a, a critical mind Right. Instead of right. Uh, just like pushing it aside and not thinking about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. F- fantasy races is such um, such an interesting topic to me because I think that there's there's room for a lot of nuance in the idea of like fantasy races and peoples that are like fundamentally different from humanity. The problem becomes when all of humanity and the good guys all look the same. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the best part of revisiting Lord of the Rings is that it's absolutely chock full of horses. (laughs) It's full of horses and nature and lovely things. So much nature. So many trees. Well, you you guys have been uh, amazing guests. I'm so glad you were able to come on uh, for the last. Thank you so much for like accommodating us here at the end. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. And also for, uh, letting us dip out before Frodo and Sam have to say goodbye. That's important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah really, that's, we're here uh, that's, at the almost end of all things. Yeah. That's a burden we're going to have to bear on yes. our own to- next week. <laughs> I, th- I think it's fitting yeah. that we don't have a guest that week. Honestly. Oh, no. I, yeah. yeah. I don't, I, I'm cool crying in front of you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For real. Um, but if you want to go ahead and remind our listeners where they can find you, uh, that'd be cool. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at ShadowFactsPod or uh, our website, ShadowFactsPod.Podbean.com. You can also find me individually on Twitter at Joey the... Oh, wait, sorry, it's changed. Um, At Lem Pharaoh, L-E-M-F-E-R-O. Caitlin, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at Chello and Behold. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And... Yeah, thank you guys again. Um, we are from the website duelinggenre.com as always. And if you are Jones in for another Movies by Minutes podcast, um, there are many, 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 many of them at moviesbyminutes.com. Probably more than you could ever hope to listen to. Yeah, yeah. Though <laughs> some people are trying, bless them. Um, yep. Uh, we, we will be back on Monday to talk about... Um, more sads oh yeah sads oh no i'm not bittersweets i'm not ready um and but in the meantime have a good weekend and thank you for listening Bye. bye
genre.